0: always do it on my own so i gotta get through it and the only thing i know is to love what i'm doing never give up never slow till i finally prove it never listen to the nose I... he who controls the past controls the future he who controls the present controls the past everyone hello we are live but not live we appreciate you joining us over here at nobody's news right off the bat how are you doing broski just peachy bro how are you not too bad uh sorry we we took a little bit longer to get this one out to you had to cut back to one episode a week unfortunately in the uh, crunch time for final semester of this grad program so i'm pretty swamped uh you you're about to graduate right yeah i'll be graduating at the end of this, uh, semester. So another like six, five weeks, six weeks, you know, where I just passed halfway. So nice. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I thought I was going to be able to, cause some semesters it's like, okay, you take a bunch of classes, which cause I have the GI bill, I'm doubling down. And sometimes it's like, Oh, this is way easier than I thought it was going to be. And then other times it's like, this is way harder than I thought it was going to (laughs) be. So, unfortunately, uh, I, I only have time for one one episode for the next six weeks, but then it'll be over, and I'll have all summer. Um, also, I am digging these glasses. I For those who are new to the show, uh, I don't wear sunglasses to be cool. Uh, I actually have a medical thing going on uh, related to TBIs in the military, all that stuff. And, uh, it has caused me to have a crazy light sensitivity along with other symptoms. And that's why I started wearing the sunglasses. And then I was like, well, this is great. Cause if not the, my body dumps a bunch of cortisol, um, so the bright lights, they kind of can trigger that and can make my body dump that fight or flight drug, which gives you tunnel vision, makes your arms and feet go numb and makes your heart race and not be able to breathe shortness of breath. So Very bad, so uh, definitely tried to solve that with sunglasses. But now I got these bad boys compliments of the uh, VA. They are medicated, so we are cooking with... What do they say on Duck Dynasty? We are cooking with peanut oil. (laughs) Something like I actually haven't, I've barely seen any of that show. Like, shouldn't we technically be the demographic of people that have seen Duck Dynasty and like actually know? I certainly look like it. I (laughs) I was looking at myself in the mirror and I was like, I always wear beanies, I want to try and mix it up and I want to wear a hat. And, Boy, my hair is just at a stage again, first time I've ever grown it out, and I'm gonna keep sticking with it. I I want Jesus length hair and then I want to grow a huge beard (laughs) just to try it, but. I'm at that trucker stage right now. I can't just leave my hair down because it drives me crazy. I'm not going to do a man bun, at least not on the internet. And uh, that leaves me with hats and beanies. And I've done a lot of beanies, so I did the hat. And this is just where we're at right now. But Just got pushed through. (laughs) Yeah, just got (laughs) to fight through. But um, the big news, uh, us news, is that we're banned off TikTok. But before we get to that... Um, I just had to mention this real quick. I just heard about this. So there's a Nashville shooting, uh, six dead, three of them kids. It was at a private school in Nashville. Um, The shooter was killed by cops. The cops said that it was likely an ex-student. But what was interesting, it was some white lady, a 20-year-old white lady. And I was like, what is going on there? I mean, I understand, okay, molested, goes back to kill the teacher, but... To go into mass shooting and kill kids, that's that's very weird and ha, has to, be, you know, something had to make her break or c- completely crazy. But it's like, uh, who kills the kids? Like, what what did they ever do to her? Yeah, and it well, that's the thing is she's an ex student. I could say okay, she killed a bunch of kids. It's just some crazy lady or some lady strung out on drugs. But no, it's like a, a normal functioning twenty eight year old woman. So I don't know. We'll oh, keep we'll keep up with you that. you. Said twenty eight. Yeah, twenty eight oh, year old. That's like even she... older. Okay, holy crap. Then yeah, that like she shouldn't have known any of the kids there. Then anyways, like yeah, that's why I'm like, I why feel like the kids she was, was it an act? did did you shoot the uh, the uh, three adults that you meant to? Then then they went through, or I don't know. I haven't seen any footage, but yeah, I don't know. Or heard anything. We'll, yeah, we'll keep track of that. See what comes up. But um, yeah, yeah but so, she got shot. <laughs> yeah, she got killed by cops. Um, but we. Yeah, her she cannot wreak any more havoc just like we cannot wreak any more havoc in the comment sections of TikTok. We are officially banned. I had these bags and hold you like Benny Hanna's, Yeah, talking about me. Ain't no Jeffrey Dahmer. I just caught me eating I um that makes Facebook and TikTok now. And I was going to go through this whole a whole thing this episode talking about how the internet is full of I I got to quit saying that people are dumb cuz they're not dumb. They're almost willfully ignorant um and also they're not representative of the population um so i don't i, I had like all these videos lined up and all these comments i was going to read through and we were going to go through some of the comments sections so that i could show everyone but now i can't access any of that stuff because our tiktok's gone so i'll just explain kind of what some of the comments were what was going on that led up to the getting banned who banned us and that whole situation. And you were so excited too to like go over all this because obviously it's like dumb, but it's just like look at how dumb all of this is and there was no reason here. <laughs> like the, well, the, sorry. Yeah, I was going to I was going to show with empirical evidence the the nonsense that I see on a daily basis being commented on our stuff because people always hear me complain and this show goes out on YouTube or Spotify. So people don't really Comment a whole lot on there. It's the social media where they comment on the short clips or the uh, the short segment, which most of our you know viewers don't really watch. They watch the episodes in the long form clips. So I just wanted to show people just how ridiculous things are out there. Maybe like maybe I I don't know if it's reality or not. It's it's so dumb. Here's what I mean by that. So the first thing I posted. Some shorts, I, I you know post the YouTube shorts. Um, if you want to go see them, you can go look at them. They were, it's part one, part two, part three. It's the only ones on there. They're recent in our shorts feed. Let's see. So basically, the, the point of the post was our posts was that um, the left is not pedophiles. The the right, like with uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, she posted about the national divorce, which. You, We've explained, you know, a couple episodes ago, my stance on national divorce, blue states, red states bad, but she posted in there. And what got a lot of support was that these people are trying to harm kids. And my overarching point was, I don't think that the majority of Democrats are pedophiles. So then I I used an example of where I said it would be like if a bunch of Proud Boys you know, or a Proud Boy raped a kid, and then the Proud Boys got labeled as that, and then the right got labeled as that. So I I was basically saying, I don't think we went over the statistics that the majority of Democrats are even okay with drag queen story hour, which they're not. But even within those who are, I don't think that the majority of them are okay with pedophilia. And therefore, based off of the left being pedophiles, I don't think that we should have a civil war or a national divorce. That was the point of the post. Um, so I post that. Trying to be reasonable, trying to look at both sides. Yeah, like just, just trying to explain, like, hey, look, they're not all crazy. Like, Yeah, just, well, well, it's just how I, I feel about it. I don't think the majority of the framing, left is pedophiles. Yeah. Well, so I'll start by talking about the annoying people on the right. So a bunch of right-wing people saying, oh, really, you don't think that – there was this one comment, you don't think that they're all pedophiles? Why don't you go look on Twitter? And I was like – Literally, the joke, guy, <laughs> is that Twitter is not the real world. You're telling yeah. me, really? Don't believe your lying eyes. Don't believe all of the Democrats you've talked to in your entire life. Go on Twitter, and <laughs> then you'll see. What, then you'll see what the Democrats are all about. I'm like, no. So <laughs> that was one. Another one on the right was, let them come. The or let them come. Uh, we have all the guns. Bring the Civil War. And I'm like. It's some dude sitting by a pool in his profile picture, little happy beer gut, goatee, and I'm just like, what are you talking about? You have all the guns. Wanna know who has all the guns? All of the special forces guys in Seattle, <laughs> who many of which are Democrat. Like I I looked at the statistics. We'll not even talk about where people are stationed, because there could be people from all over. A better way of looking at it is 28 to 33% of the military is Democrat. Another 30% is non-affiliated. So this—sure, out of those non-affiliated, you probably have a plurality that will be right-leaning. But there's not just this overarching red wave of everyone in the military is right-wing and libertarian. A lot of those people, too, that are right-wing would do whatever the government yeah. told them. As long as it was Trump or the Republicans doing—because I do think the infantry, at least from every— when I've coudiated and worked with, I mean, the infantry, it would definitely be more more that way. But there's still plenty of lefties. Like you get plenty of arguments yeah. and people agree with them. And well, that yeah, <laughs> that was my point is that there's there is a big segment of the military that is um that is Democrat, or at least doesn't care enough to where they just be like, like, sure, you got the rural kids from from Texas, from Tennessee, from the Midwest. You also got a lot of big city kids who aren't political. What's going to happen when I'm from Southside Chicago? And I joined the Marine Corps and then there's a civil war and it's like, hey, you know, your entire family's Democrats. All you know is Democrat. You're from Chicago. Who are you going to fight for? Well, I'm going to go fight for the side that's by my hood. Like, I don't know. So this idea that, oh, it's going to be a bunch of purple haired lesbians that a bunch of just rednecks are going to be sitting there on a back porch drinking beer and doing a turkey shoot. That's not what a civil war looks like. There's going to be there's very dangerous people on the left. A lot of them. And it's yeah. going to be some harsh fighting. It's not going to be taking candy from a baby. It's going to be a very determined, well-armed enemy. Plus, there's a lot of Democrats who – there are a lot of people in the chat. There was a guy with a Marine Corps – a picture of him in the Marine Corps as his main photo talking about how we should have an all-out gun ban. <laughs> so it's like there's a lot of these people who you know, are Statist, on the left that yeah. uh, could kill a lot of people on the right. So that that was just something that was kind of annoying. And I was like – Idiot, but that yeah. I've harped on that a lot. Bunch so. of vets, only vets and cops and stuff to have guns. Like that guy right there, like mm-hmm. that's common on right and left. Like the good old boys club, the Dakota Myers, yeah, <laughs> only or the Tim Kennedys, only we special enough to have it. You know, like yeah, yeah. But you got to realize, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But those the people on the right, they you know, just I get I get a couple of those comments. People don't you know saying that no, all the leftists they vote for the left. So therefore, they're voting for pedophilia. I'm like, that's the same as saying anything that the right does, you are supportive of. So you have some of those arguments, typical. I was going to show some of those. But where things really got crazy was the leftists, this go around. So there's a bunch of them just posting negative stuff. Because I guess they really do not like me criticizing... They completely missed the point of the post. All they could focus on was me criticizing Drag Queen's story hour and implying that it was pedophilic in nature, which... They kept... Of course, they misconstrue the argument, twist it. They say, you think drag queens are pedophiles? No, I think that drag queens who get naked for children or perform sexual performances for children... I believe that is pedophilic in nature, but they completely missed that post. Shocker, <laughs> yeah. So I got just a ton of that, and I'm going back and forth with people, and uh, I realized very quickly, oh these pe- these people are dumb. Like especially the people who are really in support of like there's you know different sections of people. The right has its dummies. The left has its dummies. The people who are really adamant about Drag Queen Story Hour are the left's dummy, dummy, dummies they are not intelligent people they're sitting there misspelling as they're screaming you know typing all caps that i'm you know an intellectual retard and all of these things and that they hate me and um that you know drag queens are the, the, the a big thing was well, well really just church church is full of pedophiles the proud boys are full of pedophiles i'm like not a proud boy not a christian not a <laughs> fan of church Um, I don't have any problems with the proud boys, but I'm not a proud boy. Well, then there is this one comment, um, that I saw and it said, this was where things took off and led to us getting banned. So there's this, this poof. (laughs) So some like 40 year old gay dude from Montana, just, I I was going to show some of his things, but I, he is the worst person on planet earth. I wish that I could show you the videos of just because I scrolled through some of his stuff, sitting there with a straw um, and these big annoying glasses and a dress, and just like my queer arse just sitting out there making it everyone's problem with music in the background, just, or another one is sitting there and has some stupid song, some hipster song playing in the background, and he has his dumb hand tattoos out. I always have to show off their hand tattoos. Gavin McInnes always talks about that. And has above him, In letters, it says the fascists always have to attack art. He's just sitting there going, I'm just like, just the worst person on planet Earth. Well, he he comments on my post and says, did you hear the one about the Proud Boy got his ass beat by a drag queen? Obviously, making a threat. Like, I don't... I don't play the stupid word games. I know exactly what he's saying. He's a coward. That's why he does stuff like he misspells things, which I'll get to in a second. Instead of saying Nazi, he says Nazi, N-O-T-S-E-E. But post that on there. So me, wrongfully assuming that people on the Internet have some sort of honor or pride in themselves and forgetting that people can just do whatever they want on the internet. It's not the real world. They don't actually have to respond to you. And the people who follow them don't actually care if they responded to you. But I write to that. I go, A, not a proud boy. B, if that's a veiled threat, let's meet for mutual combat. Perfectly legal. I assume we go to my, you know, MMA gym. And then we'll, we'll have a, not a sanctioned fight, but we'll just spar, get it out like adults. Easy peasy. Well, then he posts a video response to that on his account, which is when I went to his account, saw he has like 30,000 followers and posts my comment, not the post, not anything else, just that one comment, not a proud boy. If that's a veiled threat, let's meet for mutual combat and says, I did not see that coming. It zooms in on his face. I did not see that coming. I just kept saying I did not see that coming. It's so annoying how you get to there to me being a Nazi. So I unfortunately took the bait and I started, you know, going back and forth with him and his followers. <laughs> Couldn't help yourself. I can't help myself, and it's just this is when the swarm of just how I said truly the first time I've truly seen en masse the NPCs, the people. So first off. He said on there, don't go look at the original post. It'll mess up your algorithm and you'll see far right stuff. So nobody's going to see the original post, much less all three. So it's just constantly it's calling me, giving me cross streets, saying that they're going to kill me, saying that they're going to kick my ass, calling me a proud boy fascist, saying that don't act like a proud boy if you don't want to get called a proud boy, talking about how I'm a pedophile, trying to make up. Try or trying to defend my pedophile friends just blah 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 i go i'll say go look at the original post no i eventually i realized oh this isn't working so then i go and uh i the guy had made a second post now where because all of the comments on that were making fun of me for saying mutual combat it's like the gayest jokes ever where he's sitting there like flint locks at dawn like that <laughs> annoying Just the bottom of the barrel, what a little kid would do, joke-wise. But he makes this little video of, I guess, a video game, like old pixelated footage where it's like he has the music and he's doing like a squat and a a punch where he's like (laughs) pretending to be a, a video game and it says mutual combat and I see this, and then a bunch of people are commenting, and one of them said, finish him. And he's like, I can't because he's in his mom's basement eating chicken nuggies. <laughs> and this was in his video. He had his big old fat gut hanging out. And look, I'm still fat, but I'm powerlifting, still running. I mean, I'm. would again, there's a ton of people that could kick my ass, obviously. <laughs> but kickboxing for years and, and years and years <laughs> in high school, playing football, military. Combat deployed. like yeah. I'd be a problem for a lot of people. Um, I don't sit, ever sit there. And I'd still hear... I never once I said, let's meet for mutual combat. All these people saying they're going to kick my ass and meet me. Never once. I look at their profiles. It's some... Um, I swear to God, I had a 70-year-old woman, completely gray-haired, wanting to show me how they bash nazis in the olden days i'm like <laughs> you're asking for my address lady what is wrong with you you're a grandmother but there's all these like you know 40 year old men fat old men balding um you know sitting there ask you know saying like i'll be your huckleberry but i don't take the bait and like what am i going to do be <clears throat> on the internet and like give them my credentials and be like look, you might, anyone can land that lucky blow, but I would wear the brakes off you. <laughs> no, I don't tear them in the But half. I'm sitting there watching this and I go, now he's, he's making fun of me for this. I was, and I wrote on there, I was like, ironic as your gut hangs out in the video, making fun of me for, and I said, under the chicken nuggies thing, um, as your gut hangs out in your video. And I said, how about a debate? And I said, you can come on, the show and just gave him a a polite debate challenge i said we'll be fair well he deletes the comments so that's when i was like all right well two can play at this game with your little video reply taking things out of context although i'm not going to take things out of context so then i i create a video reply which that's on our account too it's called the video that got me banned replying to this guy yeah you can't do that though because your master told you you're not supposed to now, instead he took one comment, which was me replying to him threatening me by saying, all right, you have a problem with me, you want to threaten me? Let's go meet up, we'll go to my Muay Thai gym, it'll be safe, it'll be, you know, completely completely legal, we'll meet up and we'll settle it like adults. Nope. So then he takes that one post, after he'd also said that I'm a proud boy, which I'm not, and then posts that, calls me a Nazi, tells all of you guys not to go check out not only the original post, but the three parts that went with it, which of course none of you did. And now all of you guys are sitting here whining and complaining and what are your cross streets? And none of you guys have given your address. Also, what am I gonna fight all of his followers? No, he threatened me. I gave him, a, gave him an option. You know, let's settle this like adults. He cowered out. Okay, well now I just posted and challenged him to a debate on the, the little thing he made about mutual combat, because he's making fun of me saying I'm sitting in my mom's basement eating chicken nuggets as his guts hanging out in his little video. And uh, I said, yeah, you're welcome to come on the show and have a debate where you can't just post one little thing, call me a Nazi and misrepresent me. We can, we can sit here and talk, but you'd of course have to discuss my entire post, which is very simple. It was the right is using Drag Queen Story Hour as an excuse to justify national divorce and civil war, I don't think that's okay. Regardless of what you think about Drag Queen Story Hour, it's not worth going to war over. And regardless if you think that that specific thing is pedophilic in nature, my whole point was that most Democrats are not pedophiles, even though they're being portrayed as pedophiles. But you won't see that. What you'll see is this brain-dead idiot taking a little post about fascism and Nazis and then calling me a proud boy. And all these goons in the comments, you got ratioed. Well, let's have a debate. Don't delete the comment this time. Uh, What's your name? Rocky Mountain Pagan Bear. Let's have a debate and you can actually address these things or you can just keep running and hiding and deleting comments. Um, It's one of the most recent videos and I kind of explain the full story and then tell him, yeah, let's, we can have a debate we can meet for a sanctioned, safe fight and handle this like adults, or you can keep running like a coward. Because you, I wouldn't have bothered you except for you posted to thirty thousand people that I'm a Nazi and a fascist, and now they're blowing up my page. Okay, so let's let's settle this. Well, then I go to sleep, wake up, account's gone, and I look. He had went through and just. Reported every single one of our posts. Probably had got a bunch of his goons too. So, like 10 posts were reported, blah, 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 account banned. Um, so, TikTok yeah. is burning. It's a yeah. burning heap. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Nothing's well, left. <laughs> well, that is, it's funny because, you know, we always talk about. Um, I've had a lot of run-ins. In fact, most of my run-ins have been with right-wing people because that's who typically sees my stuff on TikTok. Never once have I got anything taken down. But this is my first kind of encounter with the radical left, the these obnoxious, brain-dead morons intentionally calling me a fascist as he's saying, don't go look at the original post. It's too dangerous. I will control what you see. Just attack, attack, attack. Oh, and then report this guy and censor him, get him kicked off. It'll mess your algorithm. For challenging him to a debate, yeah, it was. So, yeah, it's um, it's unfortunate, but as we'll talk about in a second, TikTok's probably going to be gone for everybody soon. But yeah, it was interesting. I, my first experience with them there, it was it was different than the right. There is, I will say, there is a different, the right will at least respond. They don't try to get you taken down. So that's, I appreciate that. But I thought the reason I wanted to partially bring all of this up was to say, at the end of the day, kind of to get to the point that originally I was going to have when I was going to show all the comment sections was, I understand that neither one of these sides, the people saying, go look at Twitter and bring on the Civil War, we have the guns, or this weird cowardice poof and his weird little followers neither one is representative of the country the right and the left that it's lunatics on both sides different they do different things like the left tries to get you taken down but the right also you know talks about war and is maybe more violent and less subtle so both are annoying but neither one are representative so i'm walking away from this Still, I feel exactly the same way. The majority of, I you know, you can get along with the majority of people. You can find common ground with the majority of people. The most important thing that I just want to get everyone to is individual liberty. Get them to that point. And I think that most people are, they at least like the idea of individual liberty. Maybe they, they want their own political views to override that, but... I think that you really can find a lot of common ground, but there are a lot of these these just yeah. brain dead idiots out there. Don't let, them, don't let them ruin it for everybody, even though they ruined it for us. <laughs> don't, don't let them taint your view of the world because they're not real people. And they're not – I'm not – as we move forward – I'm not going to take the bait on certain things like this. If you have pronouns in your bio and you're commenting something negative, I'm not taking the bait. If you call me a fascist, I'm not taking the bait because, okay, we have to adjust. I still am going to exist on the internet. I don't want to just stop interacting with people, stop debating. But there is, there is just a section of shit throwers that aren't real people that they're just like, People with suicide vests in a video game—you just avoid them and talk to the real people. Yeah, (laughs) and don't let them just blow, you know, blow themselves up. Stay, stay away from me, and then I'll deal with the same people. Yeah, but what were you gonna say? Oh, I was just back on the like right leaning. I'm not convinced at all that the right is more violent at all, (laughs) especially with the summer love. Their rhetoric. (laughs) Oh, okay, then yeah. That's I'm not talking about like in real. Yes. In real life, the left is definitely more violent. and okay, more OK, yeah. I was saying their their rhetoric online, the left, they're very I mean, you have outliers who are just like, I'll find you and I'll slit your throat. But for the most part, they're very sneaky with like Nazi or putting a four instead of an A and fascist or they're mm-hmm. very big into read between the lines. And like, did you hear the one about the drag queen? who beat the proud boys ass. Yeah. Right. We'll just saying. come out and we'll say, yeah, Let's we'll, <laughs> we'll execute all the Democrats. <laughs> yeah. We're, we got all the guns there. Um, a lot more like that. Um, okay. Yeah. I see what you're saying then. Mm-hmm. Well, we still at least had some eyeballs, so it still sucks overall, but well, you know, I was thinking a buddy of mine asked me, he's like, where'd your TikTok go? And I told him what happened. And he's like, are you gonna start another TikTok? And I did. I started one because it's useful for making the the YouTube Shorts. But I, I'll post the YouTube Shorts on there that I make. But I'm not really gonna spend a lot of time on it because the I've personally met. So we let's see. We were up to 400 followers on TikTok, um, and the goal was to get to a thousand because when you get to a thousand, you can put in your bio a, a hot link so they can actually click on it, go to your YouTube. YouTube yeah. So the goal was to get to there so that then people who like my stuff, I could tell them, go check out our YouTube, help us with a sub. And then it's two clicks for them. Because people will not just go type in nobody's news to YouTube. I tried that. I personally messaged a bunch of people when we first found out we got shadow banned and suspended. And uh, I messaged like 300 people on TikTok, private, personally messaged them and said, hey, if you like our content, go check out um, YouTube. It took me hours and like two did. So uh, the same people who are commenting on our stuff, liking our stuff. So there really wasn't a lot of crossover. I would just wanted to see if we got to a thousand and it was easier for people to click if there would be crossover. Probably not. So honestly, I, with it like maybe getting banned, I'm like, what's what's the point? I'm not going to put a lot of time into TikTok because there really is no, it didn't do anything for the show. Um, YouTube is our main space. You know, you, you'd always think that Audio would be the biggest place for podcasts like Spotify, iTunes, but that's for established shows. There's so many podcasts now. You really have to set yourself apart with video. That's why we were very specific about we have to have video. And then we've tried to improve that video um, because and also with the YouTube shorts and stuff like that, it's just you can't grow a podcast on Spotify. You can't grow a podcast on, you know, any of these other platforms, YouTube, YouTube, is really the only way that you can start to kind of get the ball rolling. So that's just where I'm going to focus my energy. And, uh yeah, I guess maybe I'll continue to post stuff on TikTok. And if it takes off, it takes off. But I don't expect it to. Our stuff on TikTok anyway, it already – it gets – it'll get 1,000 views in 15 minutes and then it just gets shut off. Like there's a red line attached to our stuff. Um, a governor right on right – Yeah, limiter. literally – yeah, but um, speaking of TikTok, and enough about the, the me news, uh, what time are we at, by the way? 25 minutes. 25 minutes. 26 All right. minutes. Um, yeah, so the White House, very in favor of bill to ban or force sale of TikTok, says Senator Mark Warner. Um, Senator Mark Warner says the White House is very in favor of a bill that would target foreign-owned apps such as TikTok the White House strongly supports the Senate bill that could give the Commerce Department the authority to either ban TikTok or force its sale, which is not going to do a forced sale because China would still keep the um, the source code, so that wouldn't do anything. Um, let's see. So it's a very bipartisan bill, which, you know, some people would say is good. I say that's probably not good if they're <laughs> both in favor of something, banning something. Um <laughs> They, they all have something to gain from it damn it <laughs> yeah i mean look i don't i think 100 percent that tiktok is stealing data off there i think it's a data mining app um i think it's probably not good for national security Definitely. but <laughs> again i don't like the government's restricting a social media app um they should just make it to where like on deployment you can't have any social media like one, obviously you, you can't even go into this like B Docs with a phone, like even in a mm-hmm. in a just a bare bones fob. Like, my goodness. But my even if you got a phone, like you shouldn't even have the option of doing that. Like in Ukraine, people like Task and Purpose and a few of these YouTube channels were literally they were just going through TikTok mm-hmm. <laughs> of Ukraine and, and finding like Russians Mm -hmm. Posting stuff like support personnel and being like, oh look, they made it to like this far because there's a bunch of people whose locations here and are making videos not even about the war, just something else, doing TikTok, and it's just (laughs) like, oh look, they they're like Russian army is clearly here because of all these dumb TikToks, and it's like, American, some American YouTubers are doing that, like, (laughs) holy shit. At the same time, if you have the code, how many Americans would sell out the country for fifty grand? Uh, like uh, they would start yeah. lining up. Hey, so like the idea that fifty grand. Hey, uh, 75. yeah. So the problem's not in the technology. The problem's in no one cares. Yeah. So like I mean, it takes. I, I don't know. You'd have to have people. Okay, don't share your location. Don't do this. Don't like if you really wanted to solve this, you'd have to get people to care about national security and protecting their data. And you're not gonna you're not gonna get people in Harlem to give. A damn about Byte Dance taking data. They just gonna be like, you know, no, yeah. I'm just trying to <laughs> post this video of my drip, you know. So I don't know. Um, so I want to stay on China for some other stuff, but real quick on the topic of legislation that's going on right now. Um, so there's this digital currency push. Uh Ted Cruz introduces a bill blocking Fed from adopting central bank digital currency. Um is this video gonna? After 21 days, it? my teeth are the oh whitest they I have ever. The, f- the, we'll see what they say, deep. but um, I obviously am very against this. Uh, well, let's look at the VIX right now. This is Wall Street's sort of fear game. Oh no! This is I. I don't know why I always fall for this. The video is never about it. Um, (laughs) So I'll just read it. Uh, Senate Republicans are introducing a bill to block the Federal Reserve and the Biden administration from moving forward with a central bank digital currency. Senator Ted Cruz, Republican from Texas, introduced the bill which would prohibit the Federal Reserve system from moving forward with a direct-to-consumer central bank digital currency that would effectively be a dollar-based cryptocurrency. I am... I'm all in favor of that. I like to block that because. Um, so let's see what do we see here. Um, quit, quit letting the government have centralized control of currency. Well, see, that's <laughs> the problem is because so in China you have social credit scores that determine how much you can buy or, or they determine how much you can buy or sell. If you have a low social credit score, you're not allowed to like you can't buy certain things like plane tickets, bus tickets. Um, So the problem with this digital currency is it would have the power to essentially they would be able to track every single um, transaction and they would be able to stop any transaction and they would be able to liquidate your funds. If so, let's say they need to boost the economy instead of adjust inflation rates or something, they could control how much money you have to spend, like use it or lose it. They literally can do that. And there are some countries um, that have done that in the past with other forms of currency. So, I absolutely do not want because the the way they're not talking about having a digital currency, they're talking about switching to a digital currency. And no thanks, it'll screw the poor people, just like on the you know, federal like in federally backed banks or you know, anything like that. When there's a run on it, they always stop trading or withdrawals for poor people, (laughs) just people with under a certain threshold, while the big people get get out of it. So it's just like, mm-hmm. why would you want the government to have all of that control over just uh, not just anything you, you invest in or try to put away, but now just to go buy groceries? Like what in the world? Yeah. And to be able to track every single transaction, which if this happens, they'll, they'll just be a block market of people will use cash. They'll use other cryptos. People will not... I mean, there'll be a lot of people that will use this, but there'll be a lot. Especially of in something will develop. People will not not be okay. Especially with Especially Florida, Tennessee, Kentucky, and, you know, yeah, some of those states. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd like to think here, but I I don't know about Arizona. <laughs> I don't know Arizona's. It just depends on where you're at, where we are at in the city. It's probably we would. Everyone here is just waiting for a Neuralink chip in their head to buy <laughs> groceries. Yeah. Um. So let's see. Um, but staying on China, um, China is becoming fast friends with Russia by giving them money and artillery shells. America's mad, but why does the U S think it's the only one who can do this? So I have this article here, are Ch- China and Russia allies? Key takeaways like from the Putin <laughs> summit. Yeah. Well, the reason I wanted to bring this up is because China's step in Xi Jinping and they want to broker a peace deal and, uh, the U S is mad about it. And I was thinking, why are they mad? Oh, it's because they don't have control. They want they want to be yep. the ones to decide when there's peace. And look, China, I do not like Xi Jinping. I don't like China. Don't like Russia. Don't like Ukraine. But who does the US think it is to just be in control of the world? No, we decide when there's peace summits. No, no, America. We are not these good guys that everyone's looking to as a bastion of peace. We are just another corrupt player in this. We have the the population. And the foundation of the country centered on better things, so and the the politicians are kind of in a way a little bit enslaved to that. But the U S. government does not represent America, and who is it to be deciding? It's the morality police. No thanks. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, just how many kids alone have we killed just in the past twenty years? Just kids with just drones yeah. and artillery. Like, yeah, can you imagine if China stepped? Yeah, we're in, not happy that they're China stepped in, and uh, you know said, hey, uh, you know, America, you need to make peace. Or, hey, you know, um, America, you're not allowed to talk about peace in the Middle East. It's like, it would well, be laughable. But for some reason, the U.S. Yeah. thinks, well, we're the good guys. We get to do this. And it's, yeah, no. It's just we don't like them having any any more power sway. And, exactly. But again, we've already lost the power curve. Again, like, Europe is already behind the curve, doesn't have, mil- doesn't have shells, doesn't have fuel, doesn't have, you know... Natural gas for electricity, like... Yeah, well, that's what, for this semester, I we have to lost to do a final... Basically, I have to build a memorandum or a political strategy to send to um, a politician. I'm doing something for the... What I'm going to do is, um, for the uh, committee, committee on Foreign Relations, uh, the Senate Committee on Foreign Relations, I'm going to send it to them. I want to do... I'm going to do a whole thing on economic stability, um, energy independence and national security, achieving that by bolstering competing States in Latin America. It's a whole thing. That's basically my strategy is focusing on solving some of these problems that, you know, the reason we don't like China and Russia having allies is because they control all those things. Mm -hmm. So let's just get to where we don't even have to worry about them. That's what I, my whole final project basically is going to be on this semester. So, um, yeah, that's that is why the yeah. U.S. Cares, I wish though. someone would actually listen to it. <laughs> we'll see. We got to get it. <laughs> yeah, probably not. But um, get, get it in front of a Thomas Massey. <laughs> yeah. Well, it won't matter because people. It's it's kind of like a, a double edged sword, or it goes both ways, where they don't want Chi- they don't want independence off of China and Russia because they also want an excuse to get involved in conflicts. So if we're independent then there's no need for them to get involved in wars, you know. So they if there's no need for us to get involved in wars, then they don't have and to worry about resources. Really <laughs> and we're already in involved in this. It's so it's like we already backed up a country and now Russia wants a little backup, you know. They got some uh, great thermals and optics yeah. and tanks. Well yeah, now well, they want some GPS guy and thermal package stuff. Well that's like, yeah, so that's 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 the thing here is um China's been Supporting him. Get off of here, you stupid ad. Yeah, we. So, are China-Russia really allies? When Chinese President Xi Jinping landed in Moscow on Monday, it was for what would be his astonishing 40th meeting with Russian leader Vladimir Putin. The two nations share a 2,672-mile border, one of the longest in the world, as well as the legacy of having been the 20th century's two communist superpowers. It's a disconcerting photo of them together. (laughs) The relationship has long been one of two neighbors who whose mutual needs are checked by mutual suspicions. Um, Let's see. Close allies at the start of the Cold War, the Soviet Union and China eventually became rivals, with Beijing moving closer to the American camp after President Richard Nixon's visit to China in 1972. (coughs) Um, So this meeting was a peace summit, but um, like I said, they've been supporting them economically, and now they're providing them with artillery shells, But um, how you're talking about escalating, Putin accuses the West of escalating situation in Ukraine. Russian President Vladimir Putin on Thursday said the West is escalating the Ukraine conflict by holding drills in the Black Sea and flying bombers near its borders. Which, by the way, Lindsey Graham said we should have, when that drone got knocked down, we should have shot down the Russian jets. God, there are some people in our government that are just anything Iraq this they just are desperate for war anything they can if do. we kill one of their pilots when he's just trying to shoot fuel at it like I mean we've all seen the video now like, sure again bad that's a super what well, now they're again they're they're saying our, our drone I guess costs more than that plane because of all the you know optics and stuff but it's like you're gonna kill someone over that <laughs> really like start World War three over that yeah, I, and I have a tr- trouble believing someone in government that long is that naive about international affairs. I think that prop is just de- wants a war. There's you don't say something like that or want something like that if you know that much about international po- relations. Yeah, they're poking the bear, like, yeah, but um, so let's see. Our Western partners are escalating the situation by supplying Kyiv with lethal modern weapons and conducting provocative maneuvers in the Black Sea. Um, all our warnings to talk about red lines are treated superficially. Um, yeah, Russia is being seen as the culprit of all the problem. I mean, look, I don't like Putin, but <laughs> we—the whole reason this all started was we with said a great deal the we we would not back NATO right up to your border, and then we we did. All the Harris even talked about that, and during their run, I re- re- remember that. I mean, during their election run, talking about making sure, you know, NATO's everywhere and yeah, we're, we're secure into the future because remember, Russia's a giant boogeyman. In fact, I should find that clip. Like, does he, anyone even re- remember that? Like, my goodness, like the, I, that is completely just just popping my head at this point. But it's like Russia was a massive bad guy. It's what are you going to do about that? Like. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I later you talk where you had you know on and them, and it's just like all this is like is, is stupid, and we've been messing up forever. Yeah, well, we'll get to why this is all not good stuff. But the I could see why he's mad because I'm also I was looking into Zelensky. He sounds drunk with power, dude. He's saying he wants it all, even Crimea, and will not talk peace, only victory, like. <laughs> he you now want Crimea, which was annexed in what 2014? Yeah. Like and then Putin's saying bomb. you're escalating it. Uh China's coming in saying, Hey, we need some peace. And then the US goes, No, you guys aren't allowed to meet. We're on Zelensky's side. Zelensky, we're gonna send you some tanks now. Poland's sending them uh, fighter jets. Like who who looks like they're they're escalating a small regional conflict. We talked about this a year ago when this show started. It was our first episode, I believe, our first like official episode. Like yeah. how this has got blown up to where it is now. This small regional conflict. Now it, I with China trying to go for peace. which is, I think a lot of that is optics, trying to sh- you know legitimize themselves in a way on the public stage um, as someone who can say things and then get things done. Um, either way. Who's the one who's escalating this? Sure. Putin started a small regional conflict. Okay, that's bad. You know, how small do you want to get? There's one tribe wipes out another tribe in Africa. You know, one group in the Middle East wants to kill another group in the Middle East. Okay, these happen all the time, regional conflicts. We got involved and now... We are absolutely blowing this into this huge thing when literally other superpowers are trying to calm it down. I, I don't know. I, I can understand now. I I mean, I don't think that going to war is the right decision for Putin, but I absolutely get why now he's like, all right, you guys, let's have a nuclear war. Like you guys couldn't leave well enough alone. And then China's coming in like, yeah, you guys aren't the, you guys are not in charge of the world. It's like it's almost like America's gotten too big for their britches in a way, and that doesn't mean that China or Russia is good. But it's like this: what do we do in America? And and why are we making it our problem again? Sure, there's a lot of grain and manufacturing all sorts of stuff in Ukraine. Sure, mm -hmm. who cares? Again, we should be more self reliant on ourselves. Anyways, it's it's Europe's problem. Europe is no one in Europe is in a position to do anything about it. That's not our problem at this point yet, yeah, but we have just made it our problem. We've made it way more deadly. I don't. Yeah. And at this point, where is the end in sight? I mean, we're also escalating by we're adding troops to Taiwan. Over? South Korea just requested nukes, and we're talking about giving them nukes. We're giving nuclear subs to Australia, um, and all of this. And why I'm, I bring up, I guess it probably would have been good to give some context of why. I'm talking about this escalation, why it's bad and why it's leading nowhere good. because I've actually been going over this a lot this week, the the rationalist perspective, the rationalist theory and school of thought on what international relations and what leads to war. And that's why, um, you know, we have this idea that arms races are good because, you know, peace through strength, peace through strength, yes, but... Major power imbalances and power restructurings are not a good thing. Arms races more than often lead to war. They don't lead to peace. So what we're doing right now by creating an arms race and by giving nuclear subs to Australia, giving tons of technology to these people, which gave the, the best military equipment on the planet to the Taliban, like... Um, What else was another one? Um, Yeah, if we give South Korea nukes, like, this arms race and just compete, you know, shifting the power structures in our favor, it leads to war a lot. And So, um, to—sorry, I just crushed this out. Because I understand wanting to be dominant in the Pacific, but, again, even even there, it's just, like again, do we—are we trying to— Again, at this point, are we really trying to be, you know, have that much power over there or do we, should we really just, just just care about China (laughs) or not China, uh, Japan and then be like, Hey, that's our one obligation. (laughs) If you're a little island nation, it kind of just sucks. You know, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I just don't want a giant war over all this, man. makes no sense. Yeah. And that's where, where our actions are leading that way. But, um, Yeah, I don't know why I'm in such a rush to cross things out right away. i got to stop interrupting myself to cross things out. It's like a weird OCD thing. But anyway, so I just want to go over this a little bit. So for people who are curious, um, you should be able to find this paper free. It's just an academic paper that they're usually free, PDF. Um, But it's Rationalist Explanations for War by James D. Fearon. Um, I'm just going to read a little bit of the intro and then kind of go through some of it. So, the central puzzle about war, and also the main reason we study it, is that wars are costly, but nonetheless wars recur. Scholars have attempted to resolve the puzzle with three types of argument. First, one can argue that people and state leaders, in particular, are sometimes or always irrational. They are subject to biases and pathologies that lead them to neglect the cost of war to misunderstand how their actions will produce it. Second, one can argue that the leaders who, enjoy, who order war enjoy its benefits but do not pay the costs. Which are suffered by soldiers and citizens. Third, one can argue that even rational leaders who consider the risks and costs of war may end up fighting nonetheless. This article focuses on arguments of the third sort, which I will call the rationalist explanations. Rationalist explanations abound in the literature on international conflict, assuming a great variety of specific forms. Moreover, for at least For at least two reasons, many scholars have given rationalist explanations a certain pride of place. First, historians and the political scientists who have studied the origin of particular wars often have concluded that war can be a rational alternative for leaders who are acting in their state's interest. They find that the expected benefits of war sometimes outweigh the expected costs, however unfortunate this may be. Second, the dominant paradigm in international relations theory, neorealism, is thought to advance or even to depend on rationalist arguments about the causes of war. Indeed, if no rationalist explanation for war is theoretically or empirically tenable, then neither is neorealism. The causes of war would then lie in the defects of human nature or particular states, rather than in the international system, as argued by neorealists. What I refer to here as the rationalist explanations of war could just as well be called neorealist explanations. This article attempts to provide a clear statement of what a rationalist explanation for war is and to characterize the full set of rationalist explanations that are both theoretically coherent and empirically plausible. It should be obvious that this theoretical exercise must take place prior to testing rationalist explanations against alternatives. We cannot perform such tests unless we know that the rationalist expli- what the rationalist explanation really is. Um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, my main argument is that on close inspection, none of the principal rationalist arguments advanced in the literature holds up as an explanation because none addresses or adequately resolves the central puzzle. Namely that war is costly and risky. So, rational states should have incentives to locate negotiated settlements that all would prefer to the gamble of war. The common flaw of the standard rationalist arguments is that they fail either to address or to explain adequately what prevents leaders from reaching ex-ante pre-war bargains that would avoid the cost and risks of fighting. A coherent rationalist explanation for war must do more than give reasons why armed conflict might appear an attractive option to a rational leader under some circumstances. It must show why states are unable to locate an alternative outcome that both would prefer to a fight. To summarize what follows, the article will consider five rationalist arguments accepted as tenable in the literature on the causes of war. Discussed at length, these arguments are given the following labels. Anarchy, expected benefits greater than expected costs, rational preventative war, rational miscalculation due to a lack of information, and rational miscalculation or disagreement about relative power. I argue that the first three arguments simply do not address the questions of what prevents the state leaders from bargaining to a settlement that would avoid the costs of fighting. The fourth and fifth arguments do address the question holding that rational leaders may miss a superior negotiated settlement when lack of information leads them to miscalculate relative power or resolve. Um. So let's see. There were two. Um, so basically, there's some issues with the rationalist argument. He says where there's two main, main reasons why they can't come to pre-war bargains, and that's private information. So they don't know certain information, or there's um, incentives or a misrepresentation of information representing power. So um, talking about like power restructuring. Sorry, I'm turning down. So the puzzle, most historians and political scientists who study war dismiss as naive the view that all wars must be unwanted because they entail destruction and suffering. Instead, most agree that while a few wars may have been unwanted by the leaders who brought about them, who brought them about, World War I is sometimes given as an example, many, Many or perhaps most wars were simply wanted. The leaders involved viewed war as a costly but worthwhile gamble. gamble. Um, so I'm just getting down. Okay, so the first one, anarchy. Uh, since Kenneth Walt's influential man, the state and war, the anarchal nature of the international realm is routinely cited as the root cause uh, or explanation for the recurrence of war. Um, basically, that's saying... Uh, Well, I'll just read what it says. Uh, Waltz argued that under anarchy without a supranational authority to make and enforce laws, wars occur because there's nothing to prevent it. So in other words, individual countries, everyone, it's a dog-eat-dog world. There's no uh, no parent. There's no UN or something like that. So that's saying would basically be saying that leads you to a a globalist sort of we need one world government thing to control it. Um, yeah, because but the UN or <laughs> League of Nations never worked so far still. Yeah, so. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. Can you even achieve unity? Like, you know, it, are these authorities really an authority? I don't know. Um, so preventative war. It frequently is argue, argued that if a declining power expects it might be attacked, but and this is the main one that I wanted to focus on. Um, I wanted to go over a lot of the stuff to give like a solid foundation, and I'll read the other ones after this. But this is the main one. That I was really thinking about. So a rationalist explanation for preventative war. Um, it frequently is argued that if a declining power expects it might be attacked by a rising power in the future, then a preventative war is in the, then a preventative war in the present may be rational. Typically, however, pre- preventive war arguments do not consider whether the rising and declining powers could construct a bargain perhaps across time that would leave both sides better off than a costly and risky preventative war would. So you have who's concerned with their power and who's not concerned with being the, or who's the most powerful country in the world and who's concerned about that. America's the most powerful China, Russia, they're concerned about that. Who's trying to to cut, you know, to broker peace. Those two, you know, in that region, those two countries trying to de-escalate. China, yeah, China and America, are the most powerful. Yeah. Ones. Who's trying to accelerate the conflict? Yeah. America. America. What's that going to lead to? Probably prevent <laughs> preemptive war, where they're like, "All right, fuck it, America's coming after us." They're going. We're going to push them into a corner, especially Russia. This is where the the nukes come in. It's a, a you know, it evens the playing field. We're literally. It is a, a that's rationalist the only way that they even. Ha- Any type of parody is because of nukes. Yeah, this is the the rationalist school of thought. Putin doesn't have to be some crazy man. There is documented and thought out theories on why they would go to war because the situation is, is primed for it. Um, so let's see positive expected utility, perhaps the most common informal rationalist explanation found in the literature is that war may occur when two States estimate that the expected benefits of fighting outweigh the expected costs. Um, and that plays into, you know, you push, push that bear in the corner. Eventually it's going to swipe at you. Um, even if you're bigger, even if you're stronger, uh, when will there exist bargains prosides war. um, there's a lot of math here. I'm not going to go over, um, So war due to private information incentives, disagreements about relative power. This is another big one where the U.S. wants to have all the authority. No, China, you can't create peace deals. Um, It's not necessarily good to have, again, that's why, not because of this, but how I said I don't like the idea of America just having all the power. I kind of like the idea of there not being a global hegemony of The United States, us having a competing competing superpower, Mm -hmm. I think it's good to balance out our tyrants, um, but they they don't like that. Um, So Jeffrey Blaney's well-known and often cited argument is that wars usually begin when two nations disagree on their relative strength. It is easy to see how a disagreement about relative strength, understood as conflicting estimates of the likelihood of military victory, can eliminate any ex-ante bargaining range. Well, the U.S. definitely isn't arrogant. The reason I bring that up is uh, being sarcastic there. But that's saying that, okay, if you underestimate someone, you're more likely to be hostile in a way that's going to lead to war because you're underestimating them. Yeah, I think the U.S. is pretty good at underestimating people. (laughs) Afghanistan, you look at um, Vietnam, you look at Korea. Well, that was also a different type of fight than they were looking into as well. They're they're expecting fire, <laughs> all on firepower to actually matter. We'll be out when, by Christmas when when I when, when, when they're not fighting. Or again, yeah, the uh, Japanese. Point <laughs> in is, World War we We'll be. At, yeah. Point is, typically the U.S. We'll doesn't in go in thinking, "All right, this is going to be a hard fought battle. And we got to do it." Usually, they go in like, "Who are you? We're the United States of America. We'll flatten you." It's like, wait, we set up a democracy. Why? Why are we getting bombed? Um. Yeah. So let's see. Incentives to misrepresent in bargaining, Bargaining pre-war bargaining may fail to locate an outcome in the bargaining range because of strategic incentives to withhold or misrepresent private information. That's just lying about your capabilities. Um, so, yeah, I. that's enough of that. Um, I don't want to bore people to death if anyone's even still with us, but I wanted to bring that up because... The things that we're doing, and again, go look at that. Go read through that full paper if you're like, because I have to just barely give you a little taste. But um, by James Fearon, 1995. Download it, and you can download it. Go to Google Scholar, type in the subjects "rationalist explanation for war." You can find a ton of articles um, for free, and look John into. John Mearsheimer has a bunch of uh, videos of like lectures at University of Michigan and a few others just talking about all the of how we got there. That's, I've, I think I said that when we talked about this originally is literally a YouTube video with 2000 views from the university of Michigan that just no one, but it's just, just goes from point A to point B of like, and he's a like a lefty, but like, this is what messed up and he's not some Russian or, you know, Republican right-leaning asset or anything. Yeah. <laughs> that just wants, <laughs> wants to uh, push a, a narrative, man well it's wars don't just randomly happen there's it's been very it's been studied in depth there are x y and z leads to x y and z which leads to this type of war this type of conflict so people if you go and you look at this and you understand the things that lead up to war the things that lead to the things that lead up to war you can start to map out okay what are we doing right now and you can also map out past conflicts Okay, this tracked through this past conflict. Wait, we're doing... Why are we still doing the exact, exact same things? And it's because there isn't some secret person, some oracle sitting there watching this going, you are repeating your past must... No, it's everyone starts new. And people, you know, those who, who don't know history are doomed to repeat it. But, you know, we, the people we have in charge, they're not, they're not his, you know historians who are sitting there studying war. It's a bunch of lawyers who want a popularity contest. And all this stuff goes back 20 years. It's, you know, fall of the Soviet Union by 96. We're going back on our work, you know, or 90. You know, it's, it's, we, problems have been happening for 20 years over this. But again, and then boom, it's just suddenly hot. And it's like, oh, we got caught for pants down. We didn't know this. And it's like, well, no, actually we did. We completely knew. It's, we knew this, it, this but we, the information was out there, but yeah. you didn't know it. But I think, yeah, people should educate themselves and... People look ask, at yeah. look at what's going on in international affairs. I guarantee you the average person if they did a little bit of research on their own, they they would be able to understand international relations a lot better than the people in charge of international relations, which is kind of a two-edged sword because then you're pulling your hair out like what are you guys doing? But especially the military, dude. They're they're, they're never surprised about any of that stuff yeah. ever. I mean, we talked about the whole Pearl Harbor, do we know it, but mm-hmm. I mean, it's whether we did or didn't know. Everything was already planned out. It's, it's like people already knew. <laughs> they Well, were, I think that there was a, lot a, of, a lot of the people they had in seen higher that, that up positions in the military, they want war because it's kind of like in All Quiet on the Western Front. They know there's going to be a ceasefire at noon that day. And then at like 10 o'clock, he orders this giant assault and gets a ton of people killed to make sure his name's like, in the history books. Yeah. <laughs> one last final assault. And it's just, yeah, there's a lot of people main, like main that. Assault. Just egomaniacs, especially yeah. people who they did one pump and maybe, you know, played around in the sand, but then they've just been an off in an office, their entire career. And yeah. it just becomes one big chessboard. Yeah, And, and again, even with, without even they're like good people, they, there, there are a few of them there. It's no one should have been, been surprised Or Admiral Nimitz, the, the, uh, the leader of the p- uh, Pacific army in World war two, like mm-hmm. when uh, someone said, how did you beat him? You know, if he says, I beat him in 1920, I can't remember what year it was now, but he you know, like, was well, I beat him in 1920, you know, at, at mm-hmm. the like Naval college. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like, my goodness, man. Yeah. People think this is all surprising, just like Crimea or, or, or any of this stuff. And it's just yeah. like, no, there's, there is reasons for, for all this. Yeah. Well, an interesting thing about this region just in the first place. What time are we at, by the way? 54? Um, in a, I'm five minutes behind, so we're actually at 59. Okay. Well, um, yeah, I was talking to Unorthodoxy. He, so he has a degree in geography, and he's a big history buff. And he was explaining to me how basically the Vikings took over where Ukraine and Russia are now. And then out of that, a, a leader died. And I'm going to totally butcher this. But um, basically, these Norsemen, a leader died. They had a split. And then one of the sons became Ukraine, his little followers. One became Russia. But there's been a ton of intermingling and land disputes. So we act like this is two separate countries. This goes all the way back, like, thousands of years, these people being intertwined. So it's not as—he said— basically was explaining to me that this isn't going to be over anytime soon. This land, um Eric Weinstein was talking to this as well about this as well. He's a, a Jew his family's Jewish from Ukraine. And he was like, this land has never been anybody's. It's been you know, these two family lines, these two bloodlines. And it's like Israel and Palestine, like fighting all the way back to Bible times, they've been fighting over this. So to to come in there and act like <laughs> to impose our you know, a two hundred year old country to be like, nope, these are the borders, this is how we're gonna set it up. It's just it shows a fundamental disconnect of understanding how old this land is and how old this conflict is and and just another reason why we shouldn't be involved. But. Yeah. And it makes sense that they don't wanna be under Russia, but here's the if they wanted to Again, do something like that. At they elections. should have made a deal with them. At not elections, and yeah. then the, Ru- the places that want to be Russian will be part of Russia, and the places that don't cities want-, want to be Russian. They accepted yeah. them in. They were happy. If you did that, but again, they won't do that, because yeah. you have madmen like Zelensky, who are like, they won't you know, I want them. everything. I want Crimea. It's a power-hungry monster. That doesn't mean that Putin's not a power-hungry monster, either, but... Do America's back to all of it if we don't want a war there. We we see those kids die in Afghan. We see children who are in our Marine Corps uniform. It's like we don't want that to happen. That's not good. That's it's yeah, it's the complete it's opposite of what we want. It's, yes. It's that conflict is certainly not enough to go to war. It's uh, they act like, oh, this is this yeah, is yeah. the Western world, this is you know, defending against the Nazis. This is you no, know, this is a small regional <laughs> conflict between before China got involved, two irrelevant countries. And, and China would have got involved if we conflict. hadn't at this point. Exactly. Which and, and that's, again, like, the if we do have any type of obligation, it, it is, obviously, we do have one to Japan, but... Well, if you want to talk about obligations, we're, because we're running out of time, I'm going to hit this real quick. Blinken says several Americans remain detained by Taliban in Afghanistan. So there's roughly 175 Americans, I heard upwards of 400, still stuck in Afghanistan, still getting killed, What? No one wanna know why no one cares? Not in news. Who cares? No one cares because they're brown. I never play say the race thing, but left, right, and center, we don't consider them real Americans. That's the reality of it. They got their citizenship and we're like, yeah, but they're not real Americans. Whatever I'm not saying America's racist. I'm saying yeah. no one in America really gives a shit because they're not Americans. That is we have American citizens. It's supposed to be I mean, black hawk down, leave no man behind. And we still we're worried about Ukraine. We're giving billions of dollars to Ukraine, and we can't get four hundred fucking Americans out of Afghanistan. Against again, not not even a conventional force. Granted, sure they have night vision and thermals and stuff now, but still. If like, you took one percent of the money that we we've given to Ukraine and gave it to the Taliban in return for those people, we would get them immediately. This is it's ridiculous. People should be pissed off about it. What um, about all the Ranger battalions? Can we just? Pay to send all them. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so so infuriating. We, send we the first Mar Div and Ranger battalions. I don't care. Go. go not get even. The Americans. Don't. We don't need to even do that. Just pay the To pay the Taliban, or even just tell the Taliban, we're going to fuck you up if you don't turn over our American citizens. We don't leave anyone behind. But what does the Taliban care? We're not going to do anything because we don't care. Why? Because. Yeah. Because they don't look like fuck us. fuck giving them they, money, man. Don't they're, 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 do that. They're towel heads. They're not Mexicans. If they were Mexican-Americans, we'd care. If no. they were Chilean-Americans, we'd care. But oh, they're Afghan-Americans. Eh, they're basically not even American. It's, it's bullshit. Um, so final thing. I'll, I'll get here, and then we'll watch the final video. Um, I was going to go over Converse 1964, the thing that I'm always talking about. But I'm not going to. We'll go over it next episode. But... Um, so, a drug-resistant fungus is spreading in U.S. hospitals. Here's what you need to know: um, Candida RES is a dead is deadly in sick patients with weakened immune systems. Um, we aren't in an apocalyptic well, we aren't in an apocalyptic the last of us scenario, but there's still plenty of fungus to be wary of. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention CDC announced on March 20th that a deadly And highly drug resistant fungus is spreading at an alarming rate in nursing homes, long term care hospitals, and other medical facilities that treat very sick patients. Um, So, shows that infections tripled nationally from 476 infections in 2019 to 1,500 in 2021. Additionally, cases where a person carries the fungus is not infected almost quadrupled from 1,000 in 2019 to 4,000 in 2021. Um, this is not very much right now but it's drug resistant and from what i can gather what they're worried about is not this one but the next one and then the next one um so there's already people who are saying watch out it's it's either going to be avian flu or this this might be another one but Then I saw this. A flurry of recalls. Are eyedrops safe to use? Stoners the, beware. Yeah. The Food and Drug Administration recently announced recalls of several eyedrop brands linked to an outbreak of a drug resistant bacteria. I keep seeing that word, drug resistant, responsible for three deaths and multiple cases of people going blind. Multiple cases of people going blind. Um, eight people have also lost their vision, and four have had their eyeballs removed. Um, is f- or messed the up. bacteria is known as Pseudomonas. <laughs> Arungosa, I'm sure I got that wrong. Millions, um, yeah. So I was just looking at that and I was like, "What the hell?" Avian flu, now <laughs> fungus and eye drop viruses. Um, yeah, what a time to be alive. If they didn't get, we didn't, we weren't properly scared of COVID, so the now they're falling. like, "All right, we're going to give you, hold my beer." <laughs> the sky is falling, bro. The sky is definitely yeah. falling. Okay. All right. Um, so for our final segments, so I'm not going to go over Converse 1964. Um, I was going to show the bumper of Well, now I'll save the bumper. So we have two new bumpers for two new segments. One is cool stuff you don't need to know, which I'll just go ahead and show you that real quick.
1: This, this is, is one the hot bumper for cool stuff. I'm going to keep it simple. Just don't know
0: what I got. i cool going thing. up like Gary Dane this is the we have just cool random things we'll have that one and uh then we have this one <laughs> I think that's going to be a fun new segment where it's basically just going to be, at least for this one, um, people wiping out. I have a wipe out. So are almost dying. The- yeah. You go face first into a brick wall like that, you're going to snap your neck and die. Oh, yeah. There's these ones get way worse. And then they start out with this lady. She gets tasered. You can see. Yeah. Die okay. nice now. <laughs> 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 Damn, this guy's an idiot. I don't know how oh I think this God. is India. Oh, you know, a person oh. died like this <laughs> jumping turnstiles. That's dumb. That's really dumb. Go, go, go. Oh. Hey, grab her. <laughs> my first trip <laughs> down hilarious. the tail of the dragon. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Did he just not, he didn't turn. Clear, <laughs> <laughs> oh, this one is rough. <laughs> oh. You might not like it, but this is what the peak male athletic form looks like. And there ain't a fucking thing you can do about it. <laughs> oh. right, so, That's a fail. Jeez, yeah. poor bike. We would take more time on that and go through them, but we're running short on time, so I just needed to, to make sure we looked at it. I like those new bumpers. Yeah. Well, we'll... Um, yeah. As, as we get more segments, we'll get more bumpers, but those should cover pretty much everything, like cool stuff you don't need to know and dumb ways to die. That's a broad spectrum. Um, but, yeah... Um, Feel a little rusty, um, even though only took like a week off, but sick, swamped with school. Um, So I apologize if it was a rougher episode. Uh, You know, some of them you feel like, oh, this is a really good one. Some of them you're like, this one could have been a rough one. I said that about the last one, but I think it turned out all right. So, yeah, yeah, let us know in the comments section. Um, You got anything about any of this, broski? No, I'm good. Just don't trust the state. My goodness, <laughs> don't trust them. Yeah, don't don't trust the state. Um, keep TikTok, even though I don't have TikTok anymore. I still think that people should be allowed to have TikTok, but I wish that they delete it. Um, if you are going to be on TikTok, uh, watch out for any weird poofs, any gay gay people from Montana, any gay people from Montana who say fascist a lot. Uh, they will get your Thing taken down. yeah, here account taken down. Uh, don't challenge people to debate if they are associated with antifa. Um yeah, go go and study the the rationalist perspective, prospect theory, the analog analogical reasoning theory. look into how wars start and uh, you'll start to see that our leaders are doing a lot of the things and a lot of these theories that through history have led to war and big wars. Um, And then also look at what the cost of those wars are on the economy and how that's going to impact your life, uh, because it's not a good thing. Um, But other than that, um, oh, yeah. And uh, raise, tell people about the Americans still in Afghanistan, because that's that's ridiculous that we have Americans that are trapped and captured in Afghanistan and we're doing absolutely nothing that's that's as as i'm concerned we're not out (laughs) yeah that's that's shameful that should be on a that should be a headline every single day so tell everyone you know post it every day i don't know let's let's try to get attention on that but um other than that we appreciate you sticking around um oh yeah uh, good news. We'll try to have try to have him on. I gotta reach out to him. But uh, John Kinsman's been released from prison, and uh, Max Hare, I never talked to to Max Hare. I sent him a letter, but I don't I don't know if it ever got to him or he never replied. But been uh, over his four year bid, writing John Kinsman. Um, I'd argue one of the first political prisoners we had from the the Trump era. Absolutely ridiculous. Black wife, three black kids, but gets put. Proud boy who got in a fight with Antifa gets put in prison for four years for uh, gang assaults. New York. And they say he's a Nazi and a fascist. Yeah, New York. Yeah. But um, he's done with his bid. So congratulations, John, if you happen to see this. And uh, let us know if there's anything this show can do to help support you. Um, but yeah, good, good news. It's, man, a bummer that he taken away from his kids it's just it's, criminal. it's infuriating especially the reason why because he's a racist he gets taken away from his black kids but <laughs> that oh my goodness yeah he's but so he's out stupid. now has a job lined up and like then you know some people can go to prison and then they just that ruins it for them they're like now i'm just gonna live this life but he's on board going to get his his you know family straightened out and i'm i'm happy for him but um other than that Leave a book on your nightstand, read it before you go to bed, that way you're smarter tomorrow than you were today. We got to book. We got to book.